0: Welcome to the Apple of Truth, a weekly podcast where we cover every single episode of Lucifer while exploring potholes and diving deep into all the details you never knew you needed. I'm Vero. And I'm Lena, And we not only share a deep love for the show and its creators, but also for our glorious patrons who enrich our lives on more than one level.
1: Today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 16, Infernal Guinea Pig. And I didn't see that coming, but the German title is the same. And I just have to read it out, because even to me as a German, it sounds hilarious. Das Infernale Versuchskaninchen. Versuchskaninchen. What is this episode about, you ask? I know you didn't, but I didn't have a segue.
0: Asked with my heart. How did you know?
1: I saw it in your eyes.
0: Ooh, in the reflection in my glasses.
1: In an attempt to invert the biblical eye for an eye, Lucifer and Cain try Resurrection of Abel, which goes predictably wrong but also ends up putting Chloe in such danger. Their pact is broken in the end by Lucifer. Yeah, exciting, it? I have so many issues with this episode, so I apologize in advance.
0: We're gonna talk about those issues because I actually really, 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 really liked this episode and I was surprised.
1: Oh my god, sorry dear listeners, there's gonna be so many disagreements.
0: <laughs> Obsession of the week. Probably our first disagreement. Mine is
1: Abel. Abel! Agreement! Agreement! Wow, starting out strong. So proud of us. Surprise, my devils in the details is about Abel and more information on the backstory of Cain and Abel. Shocking. Actually, shocking is how little information I have for facts and fun. I have our fourth time director, Eagle Eagleson. Remember? Such a great name. I do
0: not remember. What? We were so into the name the last time. I am into the name still, but I don't remember being into the name before.
1: The last time, Eagle. Eagleson was director. Was what would Lucifer do? Ah, okay. We have yet again another writer duo, but this time with Jen Kao, seventh credit for me. Most importantly, Candy Morningstar and Julia Fontana, fourth credit. The last one was Chloe does Lucifer. Both of them are extremely often, if not always, credited as either story editor or executive story editor.
0: Yay!
1: Title is set by Lucifer and I forgot to do the math, so please excuse me, I'm going to do it the next episode. And lastly, Abel's or Breeze cardigan has a pattern of bees. And just in case you didn't know, in Greek mythology, and some others as well, bees are associated with death, the underworld, and reincarnation. Bees are great. And they're dying. Save the bees. We like bees. And that's it. There's nothing more. Well, if there's nothing more in the fun and facts...
0: Let's go to the previously on Lucifer. Lucifer joins forces with Cain in an effort to kill him. Ames and Linda have a secret relationship and Mace reveals them. Charlotte is starting therapy with Linda to help them both. Lucifer started running out of ideas for Cain until Chloe mentions that he can't rewrite the history, which is exactly what he thinks he needs to do now.
1: And just to get it out of the way, I was so disappointed that we didn't get actual time travel.
0: I think it would be dumb and yes, it is impossible Possible to handle correctly. So I am not disappointed at all. I'm actually excited that they came up with a twist that I did not expect them to do after the haul. There is no other way for this to be anything but time travel.
1: You are not wrong. And I don't even disagree with anything you said. I am still disappointed. <laughs> Fair enough. I am not disappointed though about the fucking whiteboard we have in this opening scene. Holy shit. This is brilliant. And I kind of want to know who drove. Draws these because this is not the first whiteboard that we have seen in the show. I want to know who draws these whiteboards, especially the ones Lucifer does.
0: This is not the first time we've seen Lucifer do stick figures either, is there?
1: Exactly. So I kind of want to put the request towards you to put on the list of questions. Who is the person that does the whiteboard drawings? Do you think it's the same
0: person whose laptop they use when Chloe was googling shit about Lucifer in episode three or something? Yes. yes. <laughs> I like to think so.
1: So do you want to have our disbelief and just assume it was the laptop person? or Yes, but
0: who is the laptop person anyway? We don't know that. We need to know that, obviously. Perfect. So looking at Lucifer's whiteboard, as much as I love the whiteboard and I love the stick figures and everything, I think that plan introduces one little hole that they do not address. And that is even if they bring Abel back, the act of murder still happens. Still happens.
1: Yeah, that's literally my note.
0: So the only thing that they later on address is that they try to get able to murder Cain. So it's eye for an eye, which kind of solves it. But still, that was not the original plan. So I feel like even though Cain is intrigued by this plan, it is something that he hasn't tried obviously for obvious reason. They did not think this through. And and it's a shame because I think it has great potential as a plan.
1: Which coincidentally is one of my biggest issue with this episode. I feel they wasted Abel.
0: You mean the writers or the characters? Both. Okay.
1: The writers because of the storytelling and where they went with it. And the characters because how limited their thought process and experimenting went. I
0: feel that death in Lucifer's is not necessarily definite especially since they brought him back once so I don't think that the character is necessarily written off.
1: We're gonna talk about that at the very end. I agree with everything you said with them not thinking this through because this is the same note I have. Bringing Abel back does not negate the fact that Cain killed him in the first place. But even with that flawed plan, we do now have a plan and surprise, there's the perfect crime happening at the exactly perfect time. So shocking, right?
0: I was gonna say, on one hand, I want to say, what a coincidence with the dead body. But on the other hand... (laughs) They do work at a police station, so murders and accidents happen and they tend to be called to them. So it makes sense. There is a lot of coincidences in this episode. Mm -hmm. This is the one that bothered me the least. However, I want to mention one more thing about Cain. Well, actually, too. It's interesting seeing him reacting to even the thought of Abel being around. He immediately becomes a child and he becomes envious and hateful and he has this bottle up emotion that clearly has been there for millennia and that's is a foreshadowing of something that I found very interesting. Second thing is his ability to immediately come up with lies and cover up the conversation and the real reason why he is taking Lucifer with him. And the effortless presentation and pretending and deception is something that is a big, big red flag. We haven't seen it this flushed out just yet and I think it's really really interesting and it's gonna play a role in the future I am sure of it.
1: I agree that the visceral reaction Kane displays is very very telling about their brotherly relationship but I disagree agree about the Cain being this perfect liar being a red flag to me this is the perfect negative inverted image of lucifer they mm. match perfect in the way that they are perfect opposites interesting i didn't think of it that way yeah that's for sure but now that you say this is gonna play a role in the future this might actually be the answer to a question i have in my general thoughts so this episode is gonna be long i apologize Anything else for scene one?
0: Nope. We can move on to the crime scene with a song that is called Glory Calls by Moore. Somebody may remember the name of this band from episode 14, two episodes ago. This song, unfortunately, I could not found on any media so if you do find a link on YouTube or somewhere accessible, please do send it my way. Otherwise, unfortunately, it will not be part of our playlist. Even though it's a good song.
1: As much issue as I had with the whole Lucifer working with Pierce and Chloe feeling left out and yadda yadda yaddy, I thoroughly enjoyed Chloe and Dan working so closely together in this episode. Because I really really like the confirmed dynamic that we now have between the two of them. There is not even a shadow left of the whole oh but maybe he's still into her or anything like that. They are great friends. They know each other really well. They work amazingly well together. And they are both really good at their job. And so I really enjoyed this. This is one of the best parts of this episode for me. Because we usually don't get it. Since Chloe usually is with Lucifer and then does the background work.
0: Yep, I did address that in my notes a little bit later on. But yes, absolutely agree. Watching this scene, am I right? This is the only moment we see... Ella, at all, very, very briefly. And then they're interviewing the lady producer, Alexa.
1: In the reviews, someone literally said, You have to use headphones for this episode because Alexa responds to every time they say her name.
0: Luckily, I don't have that device, but Alexa, play the apple of truth. <laughs> So if somebody listens to this podcast, they will start listening from the beginning,
1: right? That's how it works? I have no idea. Alexa, play The Apple of Truth on Spotify. I think it works like that or something.
0: Well, I mean, we tried if it doesn't work or you listen with your headphones. I want to say I'm sorry, but I'm actually not, so...
1: (laughs) (laughs) And we don't lie to our
0: listeners because we love them. Exactly. You don't lie to people you love, right, Linda? (laughs) Wow, that would have
1: been the perfect segue for the first therapy scene. But sadly, we first have to go into the
0: hospital. And I'm gonna just stop here for one second. I'm just gonna mention this actress who plays Abel is absolutely amazing. I do know her from The Big Bang Theory. I know that you hate that show so you probably don't. But she is brilliant and her performance in this episode is absolutely amazing.
1: My main issue in this scene is Lucifer has exactly zero experience with this. The only time that we had a soul from hell returned into a random body was mom. And to this day we don't know how or why this Happened and so it is so painfully obvious to me that this plan is not gonna work in the way that they are planning it to work.
0: I think that his plan would have worked if it wasn't for God. I am pretty sure that it was that intervention that landed Abel in Bree's body. And I am pretty sure that Lucifer, even though he never done this before, the logistics of it it make absolute
1: sense to me. We get the title card and then we resume outside the hospital and I only have to say thank you there's another confirmation that I was always right when I said Lucifer was not hands on in hell with torture
0: yeah this is exactly what I written down because I knew you were gonna say it and that's all for me what I actually like about this scene is that Lucifer's first reaction to Brie disappearing is to call Chloe whether that is because he goes to her with his problems even though she can't help him or if he actually thinks he should tell her because Bree might be important to the case or whatever and he's be trying to be considerate.
1: Oh I have a third option. Chloe is the best person to find a missing person. She's the most competent one. What about mace? Mace is gonna just kill the person she gets.
0: <laughs> no, that's not true. They actually go to mace at the end, which I think is actually better in the sense of yes. Kane has a point. They can't come up to her and explain, oh, um, my name is Kane and I'm immortal and whatever. But that being said, they didn't actually have to to share those things which they don't later on in the episode and at least, in a sense, they don't have to lie to her for now, so that is kind of, I suppose, good. Nevertheless, they do go to Maze, which I think is smart, I think it's the best option they have and that's my opinion. Also Maze knows Abel, so it makes sense. Okay, let's go to the precinct the only interesting thing about this scene for me is the fact that Dan loves a film named the plunge and they reveal this conspiracy theorist writing weird letters to alexa
1: i only have one remark which is why in all the fucks would you have a handwritten note on your website that makes absolutely zero sense and yes i know it is a conspiracy theory page so there is in general no sense to be found but still to write a handwritten note and then scan the picture and then put that picture on your website uh,
0: uh, what? He is crazy. He is genuinely unstable. So that does not surprise me at all.
1: But that was my only remark for this scene. Because now we get to one of my favorite scenes this episode, which is Charlotte. In therapy at Linda's. And I have been in therapy. And I very very strongly relate to this wanting to win at therapy feeling. And so Linda saying you do realize you can't win at therapy. It's very close to home because while rationally you do know that you cannot win at therapy, you still, depending on your mindset, headspace and personality, you still have this approach and expectation of yourself to go through this as efficiently as possible and make the most of it and just go bomb bam, bam and be done with it, but... Yeah, there is no being the best at therapy.
0: (laughs) I actually agree that you and Charlotte have a very similar personality type. Yes. I think that might be the reason why you love her so much. And I was just... Because when I went to therapy, it was very different. But also... (laughs) I was more like I'm telling you what's my problem help me and the person was like so how's your relationship with your mother and I'm like I don't want to talk about my mother
1: I'm here because I am whatever anyway I have a question yes does Linda know about how hell works with the hell loops I am pretty sure she does right from Lucifer was it explained to her or was it just implied? We've been doing this fucking podcast so I should know, but for the life of me I can't remember.
0: I would imagine that he told her. I don't think that it was on screen because I do not explicitly remember him talking about hell, but he did answer all of her questions. Honestly, and I would be surprised if she didn't ask about hell.
1: No, 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 you're right. We had this whole period where he sat down with her just to answer questions. Perfect. Thank you. Best answer.
0: Yay. Okay, well, in this scene, I was just very much heartbroken for Charlotte. Because we've all been in a situation where we wanted the outcome to be different. And we wanted the solution to be easy.
1: And the truth is, it's never easy. And also most of us have been in a situation where we're defensive because we're scared and by being scared and defensive we are hurtful towards the person that is actually trying to help us.
0: I didn't realize at first that she would try to regain her memories of the lost time and oh my god Charlotte you can't because you weren't there it's not your time it was your body but it wasn't you and get some sleep baby four hours a day is not enough. And not healthy. And definitely not healthy. Obviously, it makes sense because if she sleeps, she probably has nightmares, insomnia. If she's depressed, all of these things go hand in hand with this. And I just feel for her so much because this is
1: horrible. Yeah, this once again, to me, is... Oh my god, Trisha Helfer is amazing and she kills me in this episode. Throughout
0: this episode, oh my god, yeah. Still on the Trisha Helfer fan club! Ah, so am I. Now, the next scene, you know how I used to call the location the apartment? I have changed my mind and I'm gonna from now on call it Cheklez. Because Che, as C-H-E-Z,
1: means at in French, so... She and it's an alliteration because both starts with CH. I know. I love it. I
0: just call it Clay's. I love Mace in this scene. She is on point. She is everything The way she describes torturing Abel, the way she talks to Lucifer, the fact that she keeps a big wad of cash on the kitchen counter. And I honestly completely forgot the twist of Abel being like Lucifer and Abel knowing all the languages and being able to... being able to adapt.
1: I'm gonna ignore that one. (laughs)
0: Oh, believe me, that's not the last one that's coming this episode. Now, one more thing I'm gonna say about this scene, and that is, where would Caveman Lucifer go? Such a good question. Best quote of the scene. Not the best quote of the episode, though. No, not by a long shot. Loads and loads. Now, we do go immediately to see Abel walking through the streets. We do have a song going through that called Ghost, which is by Striking Matches. And it's the perfect song that plays through this very short and very good scene.
1: We segue right into Bless You With My Seed. And I'm just like,
0: Abel is disgusting we can absolutely agree on that and the acting performance of lauren lapkus the actress who plays abel in this episode
1: the actress is amazing she is incredible but so disgusting
0: yeah you know that's the thing if she weren't good at what she's doing you wouldn't be so disgust you wouldn't be so put off
1: if she wasn't as great as she is he wouldn't be as Disgusting. That is a very accurate description. And I
0: love her. I love her for this.
1: She's amazing, yeah.
0: I am very happy that they did this thing where they gave her the opportunity to play a male character and she really rose to the occasion. Unlike Abel.
1: Get it? Okay. Wow. Never mind. Oh, I mean, it's my own fault. I was talking about (laughs) dicks earlier, so yeah. We move back to our official case. Yay! Is Chloe self-conscious because she goes like, "Oh, did I do something wrong? Did I say something wrong?" Because she told Pierce that she's into him. I
0: think she is referring to that. Yes,
1: and she is. Also jealous because Lucifer is hanging out with Pierce. But she's not jealous that she's not having Pierce. She's jealous that Lucifer is spending time with someone else. So love triangle, hate it, can we not?
0: I actually completely absolutely enjoyed Chloe being all over the oh but I don't want them to hang out but this is definitely about Lucifer being my partner and nothing else and it's just so funny watching her bullshitting herself into believing that it's about
1: something else that it actually is. It's so funny. And thus we have the first actual unresolvable disagreement of the episode which we're not gonna argue further. So
0: I enjoy it and you hate it and and that's not gonna change with anything we say.
1: But I'm pretty sure we both enjoyed the absolutely crazy person <laughs> showing up and completely going off the rail and then hey it's all perfectly awesome and everything is great and he didn't mean harm to Alexa because he gained nearly 200 more Twitter followers through this.
0: I actually was not a huge fan of him.
1: Next scene. Abel on the prowl.
0: So we do have a song going through this scene obviously because this is a party. The song's called Devil in Me by Purple Disco Machine, Joe Killington and Duane Harden. Devil in me is a great name for this scene. Let's just leave it out there. I have a first and foremost question. How the fuck did Ames find Abel before anybody else did? And how
1: did he recognize him? Nobody recognized Mom. How
0: did he even know?
1: He followed Lucifer. He tells so later on.
0: Yes, he followed Lucifer, but he didn't hear him. He wasn't that close to him. How did he know what they're trying to do in the first place?
1: That I actually didn't have that much of a problem, but he wasn't with them in the hospital. So how did he know in which body Abel ended up? And how did he follow him quicker than either Lucifer or Pierce and how did he recognize him because he didn't know in which body he ended up yeah exactly so I just as you took humongous issue with Amenadiel in this entire scene I also took issue with Abel because Abel seems to have half a brain He learned several languages, he's able to adapt to the new situations. He apparently also is aware that the loops are a thing. Even though he's not aware of hell in itself, he is aware of the repeating pattern. And even with all that, he never once thought of Hey, how about I kill myself before my brother kills me? In all these millennia, really?
0: I'm gonna say one thing to that and that is I'm gonna remind you of your devils in the detail. And for the listeners who are not believers, Lena talks a lot about Abel meaning vanity. I don't think that Abel, even the way he is presented in this episode or the way you talked about him in your Devils in the Detail, would think of harming himself. It's just that plain and simple.
1: Yeah, that's a very good point. I did my Devils in the Details after I watched this episode. And you are very right. The answer to my question is in my devils in the details. So become a believer and listen to the bonus material. It's like we planned this.
0: Oh my god. So this confusing scene is finally over and we go back to the streets. With Piercifer! Literally same. Piercifer <laughs> is walking around, are walking around.
1: They're such a good couple.
0: They're shipping around. They're floating around.
1: Ooh, yes, yes.
0: Peercefer is floating around, trying to find Abel and...
1: Come up with an actual reasonable plan.
0: Yeah, they are going through strip clubs. It makes absolute sense. And what a coincidence! they end up right in front of the rooftop bar where Abel actually
1: is. And while they float towards the place, they talk. And they come up with the approach that we already talked about. An eye for an eye. Pierce killed Abel and now he's being punished. So how about Abel killed Pierce and then they're even Fucking Steven.
0: It's actually very good. It makes absolute sense with the perverse logic that got puts into his doings and honestly at this moment I was convinced if they would manage to do this it would
1: be actually. I was on board. I was completely on board. Also this is the moment where I was hoping that we would get more information what exactly sparked their final fight that escalated so much that it could only end with one killing the other. And as happens throughout this episode, I am disappointed that I do not get more backstory. I don't need it spelled out, but I want more flesh to all of this. That is fair enough. Moving on into the next scene, I honestly only have one thing to say while we're at the precinct. Just because you're crazy doesn't mean you're wrong. It's... Like,
0: just because you're paranoid doesn't mean that they're not after you.
1: Basically, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean there isn't a troll hiding underneath the bridge waiting to kill you. Yeah, all of these fun moments. I mean, yeah, but also, no. He is partially right. It is the Bolivians.
0: Yes, but the reasoning behind that, it's just,
1: I don't know. Yeah, yeah, how we arrive at the Bolivians, very, very different, but... Also, props to Chloe for not leaving a single stone unturned.
0: Yeah, 100%. That is very cool.
1: I know that in the past I have complained about Supercop Chloe, but I'm becoming a fan.
0: Oh yeah, same. I do have to say this is the moment where I myself have the note where I am enjoying Chloe working the case without Lucifer's supernatural help. We go back to the pool party and I again ask, how did the Bolivian cartel man found Abel so quickly. Again.
1: They are tracking Brie. But how? Because she
0: doesn't have her phone on her. Abel left everything that Brie owns in the hospital.
1: Yes. But also Abel wasn't careful because he has no idea what is going on with Brie. And I would not be surprised if the Bolivians were watching the hospital. And the second Brie left the hospital, they had a tail on her.
0: Okay. That actually kind of makes sense.
1: Okay. I still have instantly another question. Go for it. (laughs) Sorry. This entire episode is me asking questions. Lucifer is not a Menadil's test anymore. Judging by how a is now acting, he has abandoned that plot. I am very
0: much confused about this entire situation, and Ames's behavior throughout the entire episode is so weird. I feel like he has decided and I think he says it's in this scene as well. I'm not sure what he says word to word, but essentially he says, I'm not here to impress you. I'm
1: trying to prove myself to father.
0: Yeah. So yes, Lucifer is the test, but
1: you're not the one I'm trying to prove myself to.
0: Yeah. So I don't think that for Ames, this is about him saving Lucifer, which is an issue, I think. Yeah. For him it's more about proving that he is a good son again which again is a selfish reason and that leads me to believe that it's not gonna work
1: fuck you know what obsession of the week should have been selfishness
0: but lucifer's not obsessed with selfishness i think au contraire i think in the end he shows the biggest growth of everybody he's the one not being selfish yes he's the only person in the entire episode but still
1: i feel like the theme of this fucking episode is selfishness for sure or overcoming selfishness and this is once again one of those moments where you put something into the spotlight that should have been obvious and i'm like
0: ah the light bulb turns on the divine light shines on you
1: yeah this is one of the reasons why i enjoy doing these episodes with you because a arguing with you is so much fun and b sometimes we have these moments where one of us goes well obviously it's Yaddy, 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 and the other goes, that makes perfect sense. But I totally didn't see this. And those moments are, no matter on which side of this moment you are, both the being the revelation to the other one or having the revelation because of the other one is like, ta-da!
0: The angel started singing. Imagine Amenadiel standing there in his dress going,
1: whoa! (laughs) I actually wonder... Can D.B. Woodside sing?
0: Well, I don't
1: know. I think he's classically trained, so he would. (laughs) D.B. Woodside, he would.
0: Hey, you have to promise me to laugh at all my jokes
1: now, because I laughed at that. No, just delete it. Nobody will ever know. Where were we? Oh, right. We're set at the rooftop bar. Do you have anything else? Because I have nothing else. (sighs)
0: So there is one more thing... Just after Abel shoots the dude and disappears, the only person who actually looks into who that random person is, is Kane. Which is kind of surprising because we talked about selfishness and everything. So why would he care? But at the same time, he is good at his job for some reason.
1: He cares because the dude that got shot tried killing Abel. So oh. finding the connection is gonna help figure out what the fuck is going on. Make sense. Thank you.
0: So to the argument that Lucifer and Ames have. I think this is the point where Lucifer says I have nothing to lose. He took away my devil face. He gave me these wings. I think it's only just for me to use the wings to throw it back in his face.
1: He's not wrong, but he's also not right. Yeah. Ames says,
0: do you really think that you have nothing else to lose? And I'm here staring in my telly screaming, what about Lux? What about Chloe? What about all these other things that you love? And I think this is the first seed that then gets cultivated during the bomb scene and flourishes into a beautiful flower in the last scene where he oh boy. tells Kane that he's not gonna go on with the
1: deal anymore.
0: So I think this is the first moment. Don't look at me like that.
1: I see why, and I completely disagree. Really? We go back into the precinct, and Pierce comes clean to Chloe off screen, which is a shame because I would have loved to hear the lie Pierce wrought to make all of this make sense to Chloe. And Chloe in the scene, and it all makes sense, and yada, yada, yada. All is good. But I once again have a question. Lucifer says when he complains that she's not ripping Pearson new one if it is because you got a soft spot for him does he know Chloe is into Pierce. And if he does know, how come he doesn't care or doesn't seem to care?
0: I'm not sure, to be fair. I'm not sure if he knows per se that she is into him. I think this is more of a throwaway comment of the vibe that he picked up between the two of them. And he is in a denial about it being
1: so true. So he's a river in Africa. As he often is, yes. <laughs> nice okay that was a callback to an episode so so many weeks ago
0: this is a callback to season one and many episodes there so ah makes me happy anyway yeah i think this is him
1: knowing but not being aware yeah so chloe and lucifer finally back together as a team and they work the case and go with alexa into her office i was shooketh by the fact that alexa does not know how to operate a phone when she goes like i don't even know how to call out of the office never ever become this dependent on another person i know that she's the bad guy in the end and it's all a play and yadda yadda but still
0: oh i was definitely on board with what she was saying i was like you're a horrible person how dare you depending on brie can you be surprised that she is trying to ruin you now i just got all over the place and i was definitely in for the dumb
1: act also i have met people In my real work life. That are like that. And don't. Just don't. Be able to do your own shit. (laughs) Even if you have someone to do it for you.
0: Even if you have able do it for you. (sighs)
1: Screw you.
0: So at this stage, I was completely on board with the plot twist that Brie is now confirmed as the bad guy and she has loads of secrets and I loved how Chloe gets pissy about Lucifer working with Pierce. It was just all of my soul loved this. Uh. Regarding that, actually, and then moving back to the precinct in one sweep, Chloe is actually the one projecting on the case this time.
1: Exactly my note for the next scene. Which,
0: again, made me extremely happy. I am loving where Chloe is going this episode. It's fun.
1: And also, it's fitting with how we evolved her character throughout this season. Even though she is projecting onto the case, just like she did last last episode with High School Poppycock, but last time she got lost in it. This time she's projecting, but she's not getting lost in it. She is evolving. So I'm actually here for it. I really like what we're doing with Chloe in that regard. As much as I hate the whole love triangle, everything else regarding Chloe's character development, I adore. I want more of it. Okay, we go into the penthouse.
0: I have a question. Oh, yes. What bounty is Maze hunting?
1: I want to know. Tell me now. Something with water. Because one of the things she has is something you use to get stuff out of water. But I want to know. I adore Maze in this scene. But also, she's so predictable. When Pierce goes, Lucifer told me to tell you. This is the opposite of what a Deal would want. And she's like insta-dropping everything. I'm in.
0: My reaction to this is smart-smart. Also, true-true.
1: Both, yes, smart-smart and true-true. But also, Mains, you have evolved so much. Get yourself another layer, girl.
0: Yeah, but she is very mad.
1: I know, still, my girl needs another layer. And I hope she gets it.
0: I mean, she does have more layers. First question she asks. After she finds out that Abel is in a woman's body, is
1: hmm, is he hot? Perfect, but even more perfect is her timing or his statements.
0: It's so good.
1: He always does something that we didn't expect. Shows up, shoots fucking Kane like this. And I honestly have to say they had me going. I expected Abel shooting Pierce to be more important, having a bigger impact. But since we had zero build up for this, the second. Abel shot him I knew that it wasn't gonna work and I was very disappointed that it was not even toyed with to give us the fake expectation that this might have worked.
0: That's fair enough. I think it was deliberately played off this quickly, and I am actually very much on board with that. I know, which is one of our disagreements. <laughs> it was it was very good for me. Also, I absolutely adored Maze's reaction to it. Because when Abel starts celebrating and being all over the moon, because remember, he still thinks he's in the loop. And he has never managed to kill Cain before in the loop. So that is what kind of, one, gives me a hint that he tried but never succeeded. But also, he is just so happy and Mace is like, "Mm, enjoy it while it lasts.
1: And then, of course, Pierce rises.
0: Since Pierce still has the mark. And Abel's reaction,
1: that was the moment where I truly realized how good an actress Lauren is. Because the switch from celebrating to confusion to bona fide terror was really well done. And this was the only moment in the entire episode I actually felt sorry for Abel. Yep.
0: So this is the moment where I have written down the thought. I'm not sure if the previous mention of this is going to actually make it into the episode. So I'm going to just say it again word for word how I written it down. Abel's punishment is being killed over and over by Cain, and Cain's punishment is to never die. This is fucking poetic.
1: It's also incredibly cruel.
0: 100% it is. But because both of them are suffering in very much specific to them their own
1: personal hell, let's call it. Also, don't forget, Cain dies for short moments, just like Abel. They both die and come back. Either way,
0: this leads me to believe that they are both equally guilty of the first murder. So that is something that I am bringing, especially from this scene, but in general from this episode, that Abel is not the one to throw a stone.
1: Ooh, nice nice biblical reference, very very nice. Like I said, the whole they are at the same time, both sides of a coin, but there's also incredibly huge amount of similarity because while Abel is always killed by Cain, Cain still gets killed by others. But both of them experience The dying and the returning. One on earth, one in hell. And they both remember it. And they both are aware, at least in some regard. But Abel is apparently not aware that he was in hell and is no longer. Pierce has more awareness, which honestly makes me think he got the lesser punishment. More awareness gives you more power. But then again, he does not have any power over his own life. But he at least has the basis to try. As long as you don't even know, you can't even start to try. That is fair enough. Anyway, let's
0: go back into the episode.
1: Yes, we go into interrogation and have another Charlotte moment that I'm totally here for. Because now Charlotte can self-project onto the case. Everyone gets to self-project. Yay! Yay! (laughs) And again,
0: a beautiful moment that we get to see and then gets taken somewhere later on in, a, in one of the scenes when Abel gets completely serious for a second and says he would do anything in order not to go back to the hell that he was in.
1: And instantly Charlotte relates. And
0: I think the way he says it, it just rings so true that she identifies with it, obviously. Because she went through exactly the same thing except for way shorter amount of time. Even though they don't explicitly say this was hell, either of them, you can tell that you shared an experience.
1: They might not be able to smell hell on each other, but they recognize hell trauma. Ah, See what I did there? Beautiful.
0: So that was my all-cups moment in my notes. It was, other than that, extremely hilarious scene for me. Again, I have to say that... Lauren Lapkus as much as Lauren German. Both Lawrence and Trisha are absolutely phenomenal in this scene.
1: I still find Abel utterly disgusting.
0: Oh yeah, but they're incredible and funny in the way that's written.
1: I just want to repeat because ever since The Seed, we haven't mentioned it again, but Abel is utterly disgusting. He's gross.
0: Also, I have a note regarding Cain and Lucifer. And that is that it feels... Like, Cain right now feels very much on board with Lucifer's plan, even though before he was very angry at him for a bunch of different reasons, a bunch of different situations throughout the time. I'm starting to think that he just loves to throw tantrums.
1: Also, I feel he is starting to bond with Lucifer. Yeah, for sure. Then we see that
0: connection that he has... Finally started to build up in the last scene when Lucifer breaks it off. But one fun bit about the tantrums that he's throwing. I feel like this is exactly how he killed Abel at the beginning. That he just threw such a tantrum over something completely dumb and stupid. And they both did. And he just happened to kill him in the process.
1: We go back to Clay's, and Amenadiel is walking into the apartment thinking he trailed Abel. And I'm so here for Mace tricking Amenadiel and then continuing to kick his fucking ass.
0: I love that she dress up the punching bag and then she starts the whole conversation with saying reminds you of somebody. So, good. so deep for Mace. And the anger and everything, it's great. We're gonna get back to this in a moment but before we get to see the resolution of that scene I got blown away yet again with this plot twist of Alexa being the manipulative asshole behind this whole situation. I was on a roller coaster and I was into
1: this. At this point when the scene starts it was so obvious to me that it's a trap. It's like, it's a trap! It's a trap! It's a Trap. of course it's a trap but I didn't mind it being such of course it's a trap moment because this scene gives Chloe such a great stage to show that she is the bestest human and I know I've said it before this episode but I think this is gonna be one of my new mantras or repetitive things I am here for super cop Chloe and I really enjoy the consistency it's completely in character everything that she does in here I enjoy very very much that lucifer doesn't hesitate for a second that he's obviously not going anywhere and they fix the bomb but everything obviously blah 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 but this interaction was so good yeah for me
0: this moment i've written down chloe is being incredibly stupid yet incredibly on brand right (laughs) i do not remember how this is gonna turn out and to me my idea of resolving it lucifer's way would be for chloe to leave Him becoming immortal. And then (laughs) either shield Abel from the explosion or fly him away.
1: Yeah, use the fucking wings like before.
0: And that would be my solution. But I don't know if it would actually work,
1: for one. Yes, it would work. And you have a brain and Chloe doesn't know.
0: But that's the thing. (laughs) Yet... Chloe doesn't leave. And here comes my favorite quote of the entire episode. And it's not because of the words. It's about the meaning behind it. Lucifer says, we both know that's not going to happen in regards of him leaving. And that line, of course she doesn't argue, but that line itself says so much about Lucifer's love for Chloe. It's just beautiful because I think this is another stepping stone, another day of the seed that was planted earlier in the episode for me is kind of showing up now where he says this and it's like, damn it, I know this is gonna happen. I know that I have to stay here even though I'm putting my life at risk because I have to stay here for Chloe. And to me, there is so much... In that one line.
1: I... A thousand percent... Agree with your situational analysis of this scene. I just don't feel it relating to anything that happens in this episode. I see where you make the connection. Like I rationally can connect the dot. But emotionally it doesn't connect.
0: That's fair enough. For me this is one of the breadcrumbs that leads me to the solution at the end. I was surprised that the fusing of the bomb was this quick and easy but then again i know nothing about
1: bombs i found it so hilarious because pierce literally goes fucking movies yeah i think that exposition and everything i'm here for these tropes yeah we have one of the best transitions when it comes to being hilarious at this might be my favorite quote of the episode. Don't tell us where you want to put it next. Up your butt. So great. So great. And then she has fucking Trixie's toy in her hand. And my only thought was, come on, Maze, you're not breaking Trixie's toy. And then it all escalates because Amenadiel talks such bullshit. And I was so angry. One sentence that he says. We were trying to protect you. And that is bullshit. Exactly. They were trying to protect themselves. And a minute Eel, before the whole love triangle bullshit with Linda happened, a minute Eel climbed up the ladder of my liking and character appreciation, everything. He was really doing a great job. And in this episode, with how he interacts with Lucifer, but especially this moment. <whistles> He's down at the bottom of the line. Fuck Amenitya. Fuck you with a fucking toilet brush. I'm so angry.
0: Yeah, pretty much the same. Yes, Mace is being slightly over the top, but that's Mace. That's what she does. But how dare he just walk around like he did nothing wrong? How fucking dare he? It's just wrong. And as long as he doesn't realize what he did wrong, he's not gonna get his grace back. He's not gonna get his powers back.
1: I hope. Because if, fuck you God. And then he goes and he makes it worse. Because then he says something that is true. After stating that utter bullshit, he says something that is true. He says the one thing that is gonna actually hurt Mace. More than if he fought back. And that is that Linda is hurt by all of this. She is breaking Linda's heart.
0: Which is so unfair of him. Again.
1: Yeah. It's not his place. Such a low blow. It is completely true. Mace knows this. But it's not his fault fucking place and he needs to shut the fuck up and remove himself from the situation. Yes, Linda and Mace desperately need to talk. Desperately. But he needs to fuck off and keep away.
0: Yep, they do need to talk. But I think Linda needs to sort herself out first. I know she is heartbroken about what happened to Mace. But most mostly the reason for that is because unlike Ames, she realizes she's done fucked up. And she needs to work through that herself first before she can even think of asking Mace for forgiveness. And she knows that.
1: Like seriously, this scene, I was so furious. It's been a while that any character's behavior made me this angry. And it's been quite a while since Amenadiel made me this angry. I mean, props to the writing. You do get emotions. Maybe not the ones you wanted, but hey.
0: I'm sure that this is what they intended, the writers, I mean. Probably.
1: We go into the scene where I think we're going to have a disagreement. Because in this scene, Lucifer says that he put Chloe into danger. And I agree that Lucifer put Chloe into danger. But I disagree extremely how and when and where he put her into danger. Because to me, this scene, his explanation, his understanding reads as because of Lucifer, Chloe was in the bomb situation, she was was in danger there which to me sorry that's her fucking job she constantly is in dangerous situations like this in her job the actual danger is he is challenging god and like amenadiel like mace have repeatedly pointed out he has something to lose which is chloe and to me in this scene he is distracted by the danger happening in her work and not acknowledging the danger through God I hope this makes sense
0: yes this makes sense perfect <laughs> I don't think that we're gonna necessarily disagree on this I just think that he does see the bigger picture and he's not referring to the bomb situation just because it's the bomb situation I think he refers to it because he realizes that by challenging God he puts her into this situation by bringing Abel back he has puts her into the bomb approximation. Yeah, I know. And that's where I disagree. So if he didn't bring Abel back, they would never have been in that situation in the first place, though.
1: They still would have investigated the bombing and they might still have figured out that Alexa is the dirty one and she still might have tried to kill them however.
0: But the point is that Alexa wasn't trying to kill them. She was trying to kill
1: Brie. And if the cops figured out earlier that Alexa was the dirty one, she might have tried to kill them. So for me it's coincidental that now there is a bomb and Chloe's life is in danger.
0: Okay, I think in general... It's nitpicking. It's very much nitpicking and I'm pretty sure that Lucifer, by this statement, doesn't refer to this one particular moment. I think that he does refer to the situation in general.
1: And I hope you are proven right in the next episode but inside this episode I feel not satisfied.
0: How do you explain the last scene
1: then? Let's get there and then we talk about it.
0: Okay you keep refusing to talk about it even alluding to it so I'm very curious of how else you're gonna explain it. So let's go to the therapy again because Charlotte is back she actually took the advice from Abel and she has
1: returned and decided to give up control and oh my god seriously returning to therapy is so hard and I have nothing but respect for Charlotte to be willing To try and face this. To be willing to hand over the reins in this. And even more respect to then being honest when sharing with Linda. We have kind of been missing proper therapy sessions between Linda and Lucifer. This scene is so good this is so amazing and I really hope that she manages to work through this that she is now really on the path to healing and this scene was very emotional and very important to me
0: So Charlotte shares her hell loop with Linda. And it's not surprising. It's very, very, very dark. And as Linda says, it is very brave of Charlotte to even say it out loud. I got very emotional watching this. So with the end of the scene, we start to hear a song. And this song is gonna go on throughout the... Big chunk of the last scene as well. It's called I Don't Believe in Satan. It is performed and written by Aaron Wright. And it has been the devils in the music for me this week. So if you want to learn a little bit more about Aaron Wright, do tune in
1: to our bonus material. And just... The one line, I don't believe in Satan, but he believes in me. It's It's very good. Good. It's very
0: good. good. And we tune in to a conversation between Cain and Abel. And this is the first conversation they had since the murder, right? Probably. And they're not trying to kill each other. And I feel like that's a start to a bright future, right? Right?
1: No. I really, really, really adored the fact that Cain is extending the hand and Abel goes like, dude, you killed me for millennia in my experience, so sorry.
0: You still wear a face of my torture, he says, she says.
1: He says. Abel says inside the body of Bray, but it's he. And I very much appreciate Abel being this candid. Yeah, I think it's a great start for them. If the torture hadn't happened in Hell, maybe he would have been able to move past this. But given the millennia of Hell loop, it is very understandable.
0: And not to mention that Cain still looks the same.
1: Also, Cain even extending the hand. So I feel like this interaction, there is so much potential in there, which is why once again, I feel this was so wasted. But I have to confess for a second there, I thought, okay, so we're keeping Abel. And then Pierce goes, hmm, as long as he's still alive, I have hope. And I'm like, oh, don't jinx. And then the honking with the car is going like, "Ha!" and here I thought they were gonna, oh, and he's dead. So this scene, and this scene is not even two minutes. Within this scene, just regarding to Abel, they had me going like, ha, oh, Who? what? Huh? Oh, so they did good in that regard. Still, for me, they wasted Abel. But that was very, very well done, and they kept me on my fucking toast throughout these two minutes. But
0: i are waiting for you finally telling me why am I wrong.
1: No, 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 no. It's not about you are wrong. Like I said, I can rationally understand all of your argumentation.
0: Tell me and be precise with your explanations because I want to argue with you on this one.
1: I am gonna disappoint you because I don't have a full speech prepared. Lucifer breaks his pact with Cain in this scene. And as far as we know, this is the first time he has ever broken his word. It's completely glossed over. This is not nearly as momentous as it should be. What would
0: you want him to do? Would you would you want him to call from fires and, and read? Burst it?
1: into flames the second he breaks his word. No, of course not. Still, just like nearly everything else that we argued about this episode, I am putting high, high, high expectations and hopes and demands on the next episode. Because it might be that the next episode is gonna give me the emotional context for Lucifer. For not only looking on Chloe's danger during work, but acknowledging Chloe's danger by God. It might be that the next episode acknowledges and deals with the momentous happening that he just broke his word for the fucking very first time. And so this final scene, to me, it doesn't wrap this emotionally. It doesn't connect this emotionally. It doesn't deliver emotionally, which is the problem of the entire episode. This episode did not connect its several different important moments and sometimes even good moments with each other. The emotional connection for me was completely missing between the incidents. And I know, because I see your face and because we talked about this during this episode, for you, these connections were there, but not for me.
0: Okay, that's
1: it, right? I haven't prepped any of this, so... (laughs) So,
0: to address this, I saw the setup for the moment throughout this episode. I have pointed out where I saw the setup. I understand that you haven't felt the emotional connection to the setup, but it makes absolute sense. And... For Lucifer, this is like the biggest growth, personal growth, that we've seen throughout the entire show. Except for the moment where he promises God to owe him one if he brings him back to save Chloe.
1: Yeah, that had a huge build-up and this had no build-up and one sentence.
0: And this moment, for me, is Lucifer realizing that throughout the bits that happened in this episode, that Chloe is just too important and she is more important than himself. And we talked about selfishness and the lack of it is putting him above every single main character of this episode, putting him on a moral high ground and by Chloe being more important than his anger towards his father, to be more important than himself, to be more important than his ward, is so massive. Honestly, there's a saying that I can't remember word for word. But the biggest moments, you don't even realize they're happening. The biggest changes, they just pass you by. They can't be big announcements. They can't be build-up. This is not how life works. The biggest changes happen in the most unpredictable and smallest moments. And this is one of those for me. This is the moment where Lucifer finishes the journey of realization that he's been acting like a complete selfish asshole until this point. And that Chloe is way more important than anything else. And this, my friend, is true love. Okay, and one more thing about this scene before I morph myself into my final thoughts. (laughs) The whole situation with Abel. I mentioned this before, I am 100% convinced that it was God's doing that he decided to drop the soul into Bree's body. And I am 100% convinced that he's the one who kills her off.
1: And if you are right with that, Then it also plays into God is the one who put Chloe into danger with deliberately putting Abel into Bree's body and by this engineering the bomb situation. So I see where your brain is. I didn't really think that through as much into detail, but (laughs) to me, the biggest
0: moment is they say we don't want Abel in a young body because then he would walk around for another 70 years and what we're going to do with that? Let's put him in this dying man's body. And then Lucifer says, Hey, look, dad, what I'm about to do with the wings that you forced on me. Fuck you. And God pops Abel into Bree's body instead as a big fuck you to Lucifer. And now when they finally figure out that this might be a way to remove the curse and Cain literally says as long as Abel is alive I have hope I cannot help myself but to see a divine intervention by Abel being crushed by a fucking emergency vehicle immediately after that is set. There is no way around it. He jinxed it. (laughs) It was literally must have been dad doing that. There's no other explanation for me. Anyway, I had an absolute blast, pun intended. This episode had me with all the twists and turns. Charlotte, amazing. Linda, perfection. Lucifer, so good. Cain, on point. Abel, hilarious. Mace, unreal. I'm on the edge of my seat about what's gonna happen with Cain, now that Lucifer backed out on their deal. So yeah, as much as I didn't expect this to be so good, this episode will definitely crack my top 10, maybe even 5. And as I was writing this, I knew that you were going to hate it just because i written this into my <laughs> final notes.
1: Let's see what I wrote down. Oh no. Even though the parts of this episode are all really interesting. Somehow the final product left me wanting. As I have said repeatedly throughout this episode I feel Abel as a character was wasted with having an apparent one-off appearance. Lucifer's reasoning for breaking the pact feels utterly unearned to me especially since it should be a humongous deal for him to break his word and all we get are these few seconds at the end of this episode. This better have some consequences in the next episode or I'm gonna be even more pissed. I am also a hundred percent out of ideas how the metaplot is now going to progress at this point. My theory with Pierce needs to properly care for Chloe still exists but since Pierce is so hyper focused on his personal mission of killing himself I honestly do not see this happening at all. I am also very confused as to what Chloe actually wants. She seems to be both into Lucifer and Pierce, depending on the scene. But I guess that that is classic TV drama love triangle stuff. So I'm not surprised that I don't get it. After several yes please episodes, this week leaves me at a (laughs) meh level. And with this we say... Thank you for listening. If you are curious, find us on the various social medias. We love interacting with you, either over there or when you send us emails to lucifer at taot-podcast.com.
0: If you want to get even more personal and have secret chats with us on our exclusive Discord server, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. We have a whole bunch of different rewards from early release to hours of bonus content. Yes, hours.
1: If that that sounds like too much pressure, you can help the show by leaving positive iTunes reviews. They really, really help. Or telling all your friends about us, because nothing beats a personal recommendation. Thank, Thank you. you! Bye! Bye.